Hello and welcome to Sleeve Notes by the Luna Collective. This is the podcast where we get your favourite musicians on to chat to us about touring, their latest projects, give you all the behind the scenes goss and everything else in between. Today our guest is the undeniably talented Fen Lilly, whose album Big Picture arrives in April. Known for her soft melancholic sound, use of downbeat electric guitars and trailing whisper of a voice, Fen's latest work is more self-reflective and more personal than ever. Originally Bristol-based, Fen has recently moved to New York and I sat down with her to chat about her new album, Views on Love, the third anniversary of lockdown, the whole nine yards. She even gives me a brief tour of her brand new New York apartment. She's a beautifully self-aware and very humble person and this conversation was a real joy to have. So without further ado, here is the Luna Collective's chat with Fen Lily. Enjoy! Hello! Hi. Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I literally switched on every single light in my room because I was so panicked. That it was... <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I just moved into a house with light. I've never, well, I have had this before, but not in this way. Check this out. I don't, I don't do this all the time, but it's looking particularly swaggy right now. Hang on. Oh my God, it looks so nice. Look at this! What? Those windows, oh my god. It's 3 p.m. It's been like this all day. That's also, so this is my view. This is New York. Normally, this doesn't happen, but Ooh. you can see stuff. That's like such trees a and New shit. York view. You know? I know. As soon as I came here, I was like, this is a sex in the city house. Yeah, I, I was literally about to say that. <laughs> it looks like such a sex in the city view. How is New York? How's the big apple treating you? It's great. It's... I mean, I was here in the summer just to hang out and I didn't intend to move here. I was thinking about, I was like vaguely like, I should move out of England for a while and see what's out there. And then I immediately made loads of sweet friends and was like, yeah, I think it's time to to do it. But I've been thinking about it for ages. I just, I was like, ah, moving country is hard. Yeah, it's a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork, but if you have other people to do it for you which is what I did I like to still pretend that I'm like 15 (laughs) and be like I get confused about how many bags I'm allowed on the flight would someone else (laughs) be able to do this for me like logistical stuff isn't my forte so I I also help with it have you Um, found big kind of cultural difference living living in New York definitely some things like Nobody says this the C word here. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um also it's like it's just expensive. And I think it's because nothing is like from here. Where it's when it says like local produce, they mean it's come from Oregon as opposed to Florida. It's okay. insane. It's just so uh yeah, insular. But I think on like a personal level, people are way more up for talking about real stuff it takes less time to get from uh doing like pleasantries to having a real conversation which i love less small maybe talk. that's a cultural difference yeah yeah less small talk or just like uh if you happen to be an over chairer it's not met with kind of this feeling <laughs> yeah which is nice um yeah, yeah it's cool whereabouts are you I'm in Manchester, so it's cold Very and nice. it's dark. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not quite as sunny as your flat, unfortunately. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I should have shut the curtains. <laughs> so that I, but I don't have any because I just moved in. So sorry. Um, Next time I'll have curtains. Not even any curtains yet. Nope. <laughs> but I wanted to um I wanted to start by taking it back a little bit because I think it sort of realized it sort of dawned on all of us a few days ago that lockdown was three years ago. And that is a fact that is freaking me out every 10 minutes wow. at the moment. Um, and I know I've kind of read about how lockdown was quite important for you and your writing. How do you sort of look back on that time? Because I feel like it was obviously such a strange time to everyone. But what's what's your kind of view on looking back on that time? I see it as a really necessary rest. At least I'm trying to see it like that now. It was a rest from me feeling like I always had to be in motion it was a rest from me moving between relationships like they were bedrooms. Like I rearrange a lot like furniture wise and I'm always getting rid of my clothes and deciding that I want to look different. And I think I was doing that with more stuff than was necessary. I was doing it with people and places and pre-lockdown I was intending to move to I was actually planning to move to Berlin for a while. And then when COVID came, I couldn't. And all the touring stopped and everything stopped. And I was in a really new relationship with somebody, which then became something that kept me sane through lockdown because we had each other. Mm. Um, so aside from the fact that it was so understimulating that I'd find myself standing in the supermarket looking at five different types of rice being like, this is my life now. This is the <laughs> problem of the day. This is insane. There was a lot of that, but I also read about 60 books. I wrote a record. I don't think I would have done those things if I was still in the pattern of moving on to the next thing because I couldn't handle dissecting and analyzing smaller changes that I should make. I just, I, I ran away from lots of stuff because it was the easiest thing to do. So I like to see that time as kind of, I don't know, one cultural difference here is people talk about personal growth a lot and I'm not totally comfortable with talking about personal growth all the time. Mm -hmm. But from a growth standpoint, I think it's healthy to, I don't know, take a step back and kind of uh, investigate what's going on inside rather than, changing the outside all the time um but honestly I do see myself then as kind of a different character almost I was very domestic very quiet and I didn't laugh a lot I had quite a serious lockdown I don't know if I don't know if that's like an interesting thing to say but I found myself like when I moved here, I have a really funny roommate. And the first evening that we spent together, I peed my pants. I've never peed my pants laughing. <laughs> and as I was peeing and going, I'm peeing. <laughs> like, I haven't laughed this hard in so long. I feel like I was almost in a coma for a couple of years. And I'm glad to be out of it. But I'm also glad I had that time to be with the person I was with and spend actual time with them that I wouldn't otherwise have had because I would have been on tour for like six months of the year. And I don't know, yeah, absorb other art that I would usually have either glossed over or speed read or not read at all or not listened to at all. 
yeah well you talk a bit there about kind of your interest in like I don't know if it's like a particularly feminine thing because I feel like I have the same sort of thing of like having feeling like you want to reinvent yourself that restless thing um I I definitely share that um but what's that like in relation to your music because obviously you write a record it comes out it's a very permanent thing do you know what I mean you can't go back and fiddle with it so does that how does how do those two things sort of work together that's such a good question (laughs) I like to I like to see the records that I've made or anything that I've made as just a kind of stick like a marker of time Mm. that stands as a reminder of what has happened rather than something that has to define me for the next portion of time it's almost like it's like writing a diary but it happens to be public and it happens to be uh in sounds (laughs) but I think from very early I didn't have like musical phases of what I was making I have musical phases of what I listen to but in terms of what comes most naturally and I feel sounds the best and feels the best for me to make it hasn't really swayed from the first kind of way that I was doing it the the framing has changed like the the themes have slightly changed and the the band setups changed but I feel like the most the easiest way that I that I express what I feel and what I the kind of person I want to be is through music and that never has really changed but it is I mean I'm not embarrassed by anything that I've made or released I think I would do some stuff differently but I don't tend to commit to to things and I don't like making permanent decisions like I didn't dye my hair until I was like 23 because I was worried that uh it would be bad Mm. but music has never really given me that fear of permanence because someone somewhere is going to think it's the coolest thing they've ever heard even if it's just my mum and that is the case she thinks (laughs) I'm amazing she's always like how do you do it (laughs) which is exactly the right thing for a mum to be saying how did you do that (laughs) um so yeah I'm scared of I'm scared of permanence in in a lot of ways but music seems to be something that can exist in a separate space for me which is cool yeah do you find that difficult in your in your writing process do you find that you go back and forth a lot and and find things difficult difficult to settle on or does it come quite naturally kind of whole things I think I'm quite lazy in the sense that if I hit on a a lyric that doesn't make me embarrassed, then I'll keep it. And I also, I'm not a great editor. I tend to overwork things um, if I try and go back and edit them. So if something feels like it came from a real place, then it's not, it doesn't make me recoil into myself, then it tends to be kept. There's a few songs on this record that, Literally the first pass of lyrics after I'd written, the guitar part stayed and the the album version. There's a song called Red Deer Day and that I'd written a verse and then I took it to the band and we were doing pre-production just in like a basement in Bristol. And we played it through and it got to where the second verse would be and I didn't have one. So I just sang in a thing. 
and I sent it to my manager and she was like, the song's amazing, but that verse is like made me cry. I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep that then. It's done something <laughs> to somebody. I think innately I'm quite lazy and I don't like to, can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to fuck with stuff if it doesn't feel like it needs to be fucked with. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely. And you mentioned the new record that you have coming out, which is really exciting. Um, how are you feeling about an, a new release going out into the world? Is it is it exciting? Is it nerve wracking? Is it just kind of like, well, I made it ages ago, so I kind of forgot it was a thing. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a strange one because it's so wrapped up in the person that I am. Like I'm I'm the product that I'm selling. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I never, when I was living in Bristol, I had a lot of friends that had like jobs that were completely different from mine. My best friend was a nurse and I didn't really ever think about the fact that my job is like, is is me. (laughs) That's creepy and hard to get your head around especially pre-releasing something because it's almost like it's almost like I don't know if you've seen that show Naked Attraction yeah (laughs) but I I feel like maybe they would feel like that at the beginning like when they're standing in their pod and they're like all right the first like from the feet to the knees or the the crotch or whatever that's the first single the second single is like up to the tits and someone might be like well I liked your legs but I don't like your tits I don't like the second (laughs) single And then you're just hoping that by the time your whole body is exposed, people that you've never met accept you and don't make you feel worse than you already feel about the things you're insecure about. That's the feeling that I get before a record is released. I think on the day I will be feeling really manic and permeable and probably quite sad for some reason. So I'm going to spend the day with my band and... uh, I don't know play a game or something (laughs) but um yeah asking for asking people that you've never met to make you feel good about something that you've made that you hope that they like for reasons that are completely tied up in how you feel about yourself it's kind of exhausting yeah but ultimately I think of the three records I've made this one is the best and has everything that I wanted it to have. I don't think I missed anything. There wasn't a back to the paper that I missed. I felt like that <laughs> before. Without the records where I was like, ah, the cover's weird. <laughs> the last song sounds dodgy. Whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I imagine that it's quite, I mean, I'm not a performer, but I imagine it's quite strange performing to a crowd of of people that have listened to your music because you're so kind of, vulnerable and open in your music so you kind of step step on stage and all of these people already know so much about you is that kind of a weird that must be a very unique kind of vulnerability to step on stage and look out on all these people and you're like they know my entire relationship history (laughs) (laughs) what's that kind of like I mean yeah luckily they know the things that I've chosen to show them yeah there's no accident what I was saying, I'm lazy with editing. That is true. But I'm not lazy with the decisions that I make in terms of the things that I'm saying in the songs. Uh, 
I think I'm an over oversharer and over talker IRL. But musically, it's way more minimal. It's far more not guarded, but it's definitely curated to a point where I don't feel like I'm just kind of word vomiting in songs. And I don't think that my songs really give the impression to anyone that they know me that well, which has definitely been a purposeful thing. But definitely, like, there, there have been shows where people have come up to me and said something to me that they think I'll understand or they'll think I think I'll think is funny or reference an experience that they assume I've had based on what I've written mm. and that's that's more entertaining than than <laughs> invasive it's like oh you all right cool you think that I that all of the songs on that I, I remember specifically a guy thought that all the songs on my second record I don't know how he thought this but all the songs on my second record in his opinion were based on different Tinder dates that I've been on. And I didn't <laughs> correct him because that's amazing. That's such a good idea for, for a concept album. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I feel like by the time it gets to the performance of an album, there's a few degrees of separation. Like mm. you write the album and it feels very close. You start playing it a bunch of times to get the parts and this feels more far away. By the time it comes to releasing the singles and touring, the person that you were when you wrote it almost feels like a character, mm. which is nice. I think that's that keeps it feeling less like open heart surgery every night. <laughs> and I feel like this album, along with, you know, your past works, but I feel like this album in particular deals with some quite heavy themes. It's you kind of working through uncertainties. What's that like to write? Is it is it cathartic? Is it challenging? Is it quite draining in a way to just be like, here are all of my anxieties? It's it's so helpful, actually. Yeah. It's I think that there's a lot of stuff that I wrote about in these songs that I didn't know that I felt yet. Like I was Lights Light Up, the first song on that we released as a single. That sounds like a like a song about moving on from a relationship, but I wrote it in the first six months of this relationship. And retrospectively, I can see that early on, I was worried about the same stuff that I was worried about at the end. I was worried about the same stuff that led me to the decision to leave that relationship. And... I think music can be prophetic in that way. It can also be slightly misleading. I think if you're if you're used to singing about sad stuff, it's quite tempting and easy to keep writing about sad stuff. So I really tried to write about exactly the experiences I was having and through that process realized that I was scared of committing to certain things. I was really attached to certain aspects of the moving around life that I had before and I wasn't ready to tie myself to a person or a place yet and that that's really helpful I listen to a lot of um, the Sarah Silverman podcast through lockdown and she always talks about leading an examined life and it sounds really like therapy and annoying but there's no other real way that I that I have conversations with myself and ask myself actually how I'm feeling when you meet someone you're like how are you feeling what's been going on in your life never do that to yourself and if you're in a pattern of 
behavior or like you're you've found someone you love and you're in love is tempting to just see that as kind of like we'll just pause there because there's other stuff to worry about but lockdown was good for me in that way because it gave me a chance to sit down and actually consider whether what I was doing was what I wanted to do or whether it was just the easiest thing to do or the most comfortable thing to do so I guess it is cathartic in that way Mm. so yeah I learned a lot (laughs) and you write you write about love a lot and I don't know if this is a really obvious question but what sort of (laughs) attracts you to write about love because I feel like a lot of artists don't avoid it but they don't necessarily feature it as much in their work so what is it about kind of love and relationships that really attracts you to write about oh that isn't a stupid question or an obvious question (laughs) that's a really hard question it's the the idea of being worth somebody's time Mm. has always been something that I've not worried about but been really conscious of I left school for a year when I was a kid because I just no nobody wanted to hang out with me like I was having such a hard time I was like six years old and I was like I can't do this I don't know about you but I feel like it's quite like a a girls in primary school thing where everyone suddenly decides that there's a common enemy and that can change daily (laughs) and it was my turn and I was like I hate this I can't do it so I removed myself or my parents removed me and then I was like a nerd with braces and like cystic acne from 14 to 20 like I just always felt like grateful when somebody wanted to spend more time with me than I thought that they had to than I thought they felt like they had to and I've always had a really tight sweet family that I feel very close to but the like other love felt unattainable and I then discovered that other people felt like that but I only discovered that through music because I grew up in like a rural place where there wasn't a lot of stuff going on so I had to read about and listen to other people's stories because they weren't there to tell them themselves so yeah and I also unfortunately think up until very recently the way that other people see me has hugely informed the way that I see myself so I almost need to be looking at love because I need to know how that how that relates to me like I need uh, I need other people's view of me so that I can see myself in a way sounds so unhealthy when I say it like that (laughs) (laughs) whoops (laughs) um it's also like it's fascinating because nobody really understands it Mm. it's like space or like deep sea like what's there there's so many (laughs) different kinds of love it can go so wrong and so right when you expect the opposite result it's the thing that ties people together until it pushes them so far apart they never want to talk again Mm. it's this weird force that is always changing and always there and we all need it and we don't all have it all the time and we can't really give it to ourselves like self-love is a thing but 
if I would if I was alone, like truly alone through COVID and I didn't have any connection to anybody, I don't know what what kind of person I would be now. It's fascinating because I don't understand it. And I need it to understand myself. Oh my God. <laughs> Just feel like I need to like take notes from that. That was very <laughs> Oh my God. Um I like I my brain is gone now. I don't even know how to segue into the next question. Hard but, transition. Just yeah. do like a sound effect and then next question. <laughs> I was gonna um talk about music videos and visuals and Hell that yeah. sort of thing. Um because you create these very detailed visuals for your music and what's the kind of creative process like? Because I imagine you've got obviously the music, but then trying to put something visual to that mm. might not always be the easiest thing. It's the hardest part, a hundred percent. I also feel like, I don't feel angry about it, but I'm, I'm always like, when I when the label comes to me and they're like, it's time to think about what you want as a music video. My first thought is, why do I need to do that? I already <laughs> did the song. <laughs> why do I have to? Um, so what I try and do with that kind of thing is do the exact opposite of what someone would expect me to do. <laughs> almost like a long expensive prank that nobody really benefits or suffers from apart from me <laughs> it's like a fun game so we released a video yesterday and before like when it, when the label was like you need to think about making a video I didn't have any ideas they sent me some treatments by different directors and some of them were cool but I was like they none of them really feel like me I don't know why I would pick this other than it's there and I don't have to think about it anymore. And my roommate is a documentary film producer and we got drunk and made dinner. And I was like, I kind of, it's the softest song in the world. I kind of think it would be funny if like someone was getting beaten up. He <laughs> was like, do you have a visual like, thing that we can go off to develop this idea and I was like I don't know what about like Terminator 2 there's like a sick scene where he's naked and he starts a bar fight and then he drives off on a motorbike and that's where that idea came from <laughs> it's almost like the 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 way that I think about covers like if if Celine Dion covered Dido nobody would care because they're so similar mm. but if Celine Dion covered Ramstein <laughs> everyone would listen to it because that juxtaposition is so it, that's where making connections between things that seemingly have no connection is what it's all about that's the fun part and I don't care enough about the visuals to be attached to them holding a message like I was on the phone to my mum last night about the video and she was like I think it's so fascinating because you're almost talking about X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I hadn't thought about that. And I am surprised that you're thinking about it because I don't read into visual stuff as much as I read into words and the way that they're put to melody. That is when messages come to me. So yeah, it's the hard, it's a hard part because I don't feel like I have control over it because I'm not like a super visual person. Having said this, I did do an art degree, so it's like concerning. I really did it because I was like, everyone's going to college. I don't know what to do. And painting was like very relaxing for me. 
so yeah i'm not a visual person i have an art degree and um that's that <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing do you enjoy being on set though like with all with cameras and that sort of thing do you do you enjoy it do you get to live your sort of movie star fantasy or is that just not a fantasy and you're like i want to go home <laughs> when it's just when i'm there purely in a performative role i do not like it uh i feel very uncomfortable in front of a camera i don't really know how to be like i find myself like looking down a lot like very diana vibes <laughs> um but for this last video i was directing it so i got a chance to feel involved in it in a way that wasn't just I'm part of somebody else's vision uh which was way more my speed I was maybe I'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> potentially I just love control mm. but um it's nice to feel like you have autonomy over something in in any sense and to feel supported in it like I say I directed I was just telling people what to do but the real directing was done by Jim Larson who did all the parts of the directing that are really boring like all the important parts and I was just there with like a beer and a stick being like fight harder <laughs> <laughs> which really did suit me um, I'd like to do that more <laughs> um so with the new album if you could sort of have listeners take away one thing from it, what would you want them to take away? Like theme-wise? Like yeah. message-wise? Um, things are scary until they're not scary anymore. Mm. I spent so long over COVID and just generally in life up to the point that I moved thinking, I would love to move. <laughs> And I spent a lot of time in the relationship I was in that this record is based on. I spent a lot of time thinking, I feel like we're in really different places and I don't know how to say that in a way that won't hurt them. But every day that I don't say it, it's hurting me. And I wish that I'd spent less time worrying about the outcome and more time filling my mind with books and lyrics that made me feel like whatever happened would be fine because I ultimately really, really wanted to do it. So yeah, there's, there's one, there's one, the penultimate song on the record is the only song that I wrote post relationship. Um, I actually wrote it like a, a week before we went into the studio and I mean, it's a lazy chorus, but the, basically the chorus is just, I'm all right. <laughs> and it was, that's the song where I was like, I just sang a random verse and it became the song. It's probably the laziest song on the album, but it was, it was all right. And I was all right. And the person that I left is all right. And I left where I grew up and it's all right. And at some point I'll leave this amazing apartment that I never want to leave. And that will be all right. <laughs> So I think often the fear of something uh, is more scary than the actual thing itself. And that's good to remember. Yeah, definitely. Well, those are all of my questions for you. I have enjoyed this so much. I'm honestly, Me too. I've had such a fun time. 
Um, but I hope you have a lovely rest of your day in the lovely New York. And I hope you get curtains at some point as well. Or maybe you don't yeah, I do need know. them. The light is lovely. I've been waking up at like 3 a.m. like, I live in New York. I'm so tired. <laughs> See, that's not great. Maybe yeah, get some curtains. Enjoy yeah, I will get curtains. I'm going to do that right now. I'm addicted to Amazon. It's so fast. Do you know about this website? <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of it? It's really underground. It's really great. <laughs>